Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our Friday broadcast. This is George Watkins, and I am so pleased that you are here today. <clears throat> what a week we have had. Supernatural hallelujahs all the way down <laughs> from Sunday, Monday, and through the week. I'm glad you were able to be with us, some of you once in a while, and some of you every day. Well, we are celebrating today the goodness of the Lord, and we're going to talk about holy ground in just a moment. Before we do, if you're new to our channel, stay around for a while. There's no mistakes that God brought you here, and I believe there's a purpose in it, something we say, something we trigger in your spirit, some something that is dropped from heaven into your heart is the reason you've come by. So hang around, and if it's blessing you, be sure and subscribe, because we really appreciate the help along the way in the internet business. Okay, well, we're talking about holy ground. Now, what I want to do today, I've typed out and made the show notes a little more detailed than I usually do, but I wanted to leave a, leave that message for you to read later if you can or want to. But it has to do with where, why do we call Israel holy, the holy lands? And it really boils down to the pattern, plan, and desire that God had in the early, early, early heart, desires of his heart, when he said, let us make man in our own image. Now, let me paint for you a picture that you may not have seen, or if you have, let me paint it again. And it has to do with starting in Psalms 82. One of the uh, theologies or the teachings of God and his world that's been very thin in my background and perhaps yours is that <clears throat> is that God has many sons. He doesn't just have one son. We we talk about Jesus in John 3:16 as the only begotten son. It's misrepresented in the interpretation. What it is what it actually means is that he is the highest favored one of a kind, no one like him. In Psalms 82, it describes the sons of God. And those sons have been created as what would be called lesser gods, or they're in the divine class. And they have been created eternities past for the same purpose that you and I have been created to, and that is to do the will of God, do the will of Jehovah, and be obedient. And in order to do that, they had to have self-will. Now, go a little further from Genesis, go back to Genesis then, when he says, let us make man in our own image. He was talking to the sons of God, not just Jesus and the Holy Ghost, like sometimes we've been taught or thought. He was talking to that congregation, that group of sons that were called, they were called Elohims, but they were lesser gods, lesser divine gods. Now, I say that because in Genesis 6, then, we see a group of those coming down and uh, uh, taking uh, the daughters of men for wives and reproducing themselves, and out of that comes the giants, 
And those giants then begin to pollute the earth. From that came Noah's flood. Noah's flood was a, resp was a response of those, those pollutions that came in. Now, when Noah was saved and he came, they say the the the, the eight uh, the household of eight were saved and rescued by the by the ark. They came back to the earth and he had the same command that that Adam had: reproduce Eden on earth, do the will of God, Re reproduce, <laughs> reproduce and settle. You know, bring Edom or the presence of God or the rule of God to the earth. Let me say this before I move on, that the reason that God made his heavenly sons, his spiritual sons in, in the spirit world with self-will is the same reason he made us with self-will. How can we love anybody if we're programmed to love them? What would true love be for you or your wife or husband if you had some kind of program that uh, said, uh, <laughs> uh, you will love me, you will love me, you will love me, or I'll break your neck. Now, because of this, Adam then, uh, Noah rather, was given the same command. And what did he do? He went out and built one city called Babylon. They gathered in the valley and they began to build the Tower of Babel. God came down in the flesh and surveyed it, and he made the decision that they were going to do away with them. He disinherited those tribes, those peoples, and he sent them off into the world to establish what they wanted to, but he lifted his blessing off of those nations. There were seven. There were 70 of them, by the way, as the Bible describes. Now, from that point, he came and he chose Abraham as his inheritance, and he took a chance one more time with this natural, this the, the sons of God that are on the earth side, you and me, sons of God, we're, image, we're in the image of God, so we're called imagers. <laughs> That's a good word, isn't it? Now, he invested himself, and then he gave them Canaan land. This is where they went from Egypt through the wilderness to Canaan, Canaan land, called the promised land, which turned into the holy land. Now, there's a whole section through this whole journey then that as long as Israel was in the Holy Land and serving and honoring Jehovah, the true God, not the lesser gods, the true God, then the blessings of the Lord would settle on them. Now listen to what David said, because he was really the, the zenith of the leader of uh, and doing the true worship in his day. When he wrote Psalms 91, and he said, none of these diseases, no plague will come nigh your dwelling. No evil will come nigh your dwelling. He was describing Holy Land experience. When you're in the Holy Land and you're serving the Holy God, those other nations will not prevail. God will come in, wipe them out, push them back, and they will not succeed. What happened over a period of time? Over a period of time, they began to worship the lesser gods. Now, those idols they worshipped, uh, Moloch and Baal and, and so forth, they weren't just wood and stone. 
They were lesser gods. They were these rebellious sons of God that came down and moved off into the earth and they become head over the governments of the nations. Now, skipping ahead very quickly because of our time constraint on this precious program, the precious time we have on the program, <clears throat> we see that Jesus comes then to settle the deal. He's going to come and take the nations back. He's redeeming the earth back to himself. They've gone off into rebellion. Now, all that's left is the promised seed, and it's in the peoples that worship the true God. Even though they are in captivity again in the Palestine area, you know, the area that, that um, Jesus was in at the time. But Jesus came back and point by point by point, he took over those places that had been captured by the lesser gods. This is why you, this is why you see him going to different parts of that country that he was in. Now take note, this is interesting. When he sent the, the disciples out, he sent 70 of them out and he said, go out and speak what I'm telling you. Now, <clears throat> there were 70 nations that were lorded over by lesser gods and the disciples were sent out after the cross and the resurrection before the cross and the resurrection to give the announcement that things were changing hold on to your seat because you're going to be dispossessed now when when john the baptist baptized jesus it was the beginning of the inauguration declaration of the kingdom of god when the cross and the resurrection happened, it was the initiation of the kingdom of God. But look at Acts 2. Those 3,000 people that were converted, they were from 70 nations, and they went back to those 70 nations to speak and teach and broadcast the fact that Jesus paid, did the deal, sealed the deal, and the nations were coming back to God. Now, all this time, the only Holy Land was where the Israelites were faithful to God, the land they were on, and, and, and they, as, as they worshiped, they worshiped Jehovah, the true God. When they turned their, their worship to idols, which they did several times, God lifted his blessing off and the nations came in one time captive. They took them captive to Babylon, Babylon, and they were in captive 70 years. Another time they went into Egypt and became captive there for 400 years. But when they worshiped God, God defended them. Now, listen, this is good. You and I then, according to Paul, have become that holy land because God now chose to dwell in us now here's here's a caveat out of the old testament when that god chose to dwell in israel's canaan land in the form of the of the ark of the covenant that the the the, the holy of holies was really another realm it wasn't just a tent with a statue in it it was another realm god's slice of earth was right there in the holy of holies Okay, so Paul, Paul says then in the book of Corinthians, he says, 
the group of believers are my dwelling place, but also the individual, you and I, you have been made so intricately perfect that God chose to dwell in you and he declared you holy and he declared you righteous so that he could come and live within you. So you are not only living on holy ground, you are holy ground. You're, you're the ground that God walks on. Isn't that amazing? We live as a temple where God chose to dwell, not in earthly man-made man uh, you know made with man's hands like the temple was in solomon's temple where the veil was torn to from top to bottom spirit of god left came back in the form of the holy spirit which is the spirit of jesus paul says spirit of jesus so the spirit of jesus we call and we refer, refer to as the holy spirit has come into temples made without hands we are holy ground and we live on it and we are in it wow so what does that do for you and i well it causes us to walk right and think right and talk right and be right and live the godly life which is victory and joy and freedom and peace now let me go a step further i of the belief and of the exercise that my quarter of an acre that I purchased and live on in my little town in the Northwest is holy unto the Lord. And because of that, just like Canaan land, no enemy could come on. There shall no evil befall me, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. So when I sleep at night, I'm not attacked by nightmares or demons and torment. When I, when I move through my house, I'm not trying to repel the darkness and rebuking the devil. Why? Because I am living on holy ground. I'm not only holy ground. I live on holy ground. And I have dedicated what God gave me just like Canaan land. He dwells here. And where he dwells, I'm at peace. Does that mean I'm afraid to go out? No, I carry Holy Land with me. <laughs> Isn't that something? Portable Holy Land. You never heard of that before, but I just did it. I invented it. Pick your little mobile self up and you can go where God sends you and the angels of the Lord go ahead of you and they follow you behind and they deal with anything that needs to be taken care of because you are a mobile Holy Land person. <laughs> Don't you love that? Oh, I love the goodness of God. Okay, this is Friday. Take that, chew on it. We'll see you Sunday night. Don't forget, if you haven't subscribed, do so. Share this. Tell somebody about it. I just love it when you share. I see you see some of the response of that, or you send it out to your email, to your um, Facebook or your YouTube friends. Thank you for that. Big, big help. Also, for those who have started to support a little little bits coming in that's helping so i'm just asking if god's nudging you do that be obedient it'll be a big help and we will push forward and do the will of god on holy ground well until sunday night at six o'clock we'll see you then god bless